Welcome to the Manufacturing Masters Podcast with your host, Allison DeFord. This episode is not only about continuous improvement, it's finger licking good. Today's guest is Troy Linehan, Director of Continuous Improvement and Operations at Eden Valley Poultry up in Nova Scotia. Troy brings a wealth of information about how to not only navigate continuous improvement, but how to create a culture, how to engage your frontline workers, encourage new hires, and really build peer-to-peer appreciation and engagement, and how this affects sales and to the point where customers really notice the difference. We're also going to touch on how to create an employee recognition board, how that has impacted their business at Eden Valley, and the fact that Troy suspected that it might, you know, peter off after a year or two. They are four years strong. And he said it has never been more popular. So folks, this really works. And Troy is the man to learn from. Join me today in this episode of the Manufacturing Masters podcast with expert Troy Linehan. Everybody, here we grow. Hey, Troy, I know you are excited to talk to everybody listening today about continuous improvement. So welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to have you. Well, thanks for having me, Allison. I'm excited to be here. So for those of you who don't know, um, we mentioned in the intro that Troy works for Eden Valley um, Poultry, and so they are a chicken or poultry processing uh, manufacturer. So it's a little different than, say, a CNC shop, CNC machine shop, or you know some of the other varietals of manufacturers that we have on the program. Troy is also a an expert on the Manufacturing Masters platform, and has this really great video that caught my attention. And that's what we're going to talk about today is continuous improvement and also how to create an employee recognition board, why the heck you'd want to do it, how to do it, and the results that they've seen at Eden Valley. I think you'll be really surprised. And I know you're going to want to run out and create your own uh, for your company. So Let's talk about continuous improvement for just a moment. I know you're a big fan of creating a culture of continuous improvement. And I love that because that's bigger than say, okay, everybody, we're going to focus on continuous improvement this year. And, you know, this is to me, a culture is a mindset. It's Good. a daily attitude. So let's talk about that for a minute. What does, what does it look like to create a culture? Yeah, great question. And absolutely, culture for us here or myself at Eden Valley is behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Cultures are how we show up and, you know, how you behave in those in those cultures and how you interact with staff. And, you know, one of our values, we have a one-pager called our strategic framework, which outlines our vision, mission, and our values. And we call out one of our values as being excellence. And that says we're committed to continuous improvement and we're going to make fact-based decisions. So we say... Right out the gate, 
that's what we're going to do. When you're a new hire, the first thing in orientation is, is you get to talk to me and I go through the framework and I talk about the importance of continuous improvement. We don't want to be departmentalized. We want it to be a culture. We want it to be a behavior. Every day we want people to show up and, and think with this continuous improvement mindset. So how do we get better today? Can it be a little bit better than yesterday? And how do we make tomorrow a little bit better than today? And that's the journey. It's the incremental and it's the small things. And certainly, you know, I encourage new hires or new people as a fresh set of eyes coming in. You know, we tend to get wired in process every day. A fresh set of eyes can add so much value to your teams because they ask different questions. They're not afraid to raise their hand and say, hey, what about this or what about that? You know what? Sometimes you're like, hmm, that's a great question. We missed that. Um, so I think that's that's our goal here every day is how do we learn, share, and and get better and get it? and culture is difficult because it's people and it's every you know it's it's a lot of people ever changing and you know you have to be not naive. Some people are you know all for change and some are kind of not. So you know we like to talk about the twenty seventy ten principle. So you know when we do a change here, twenty percent are very keen. They're like yeah, I'm all in. Yep. Seventy percent are fence sitters, as I call them. So they're like hmm. You know, I'm not very sure about this change. Maybe I was part of the last change and it wasn't as successful, so I'm reserved. Or or maybe I just don't have enough information. And then you have the 10% resistors. And make no mistake, they live, call up whatever percentage you want, but the resistors live in every business. And they're the ones that have been, oh, yeah, that won't work. You know, that change just doesn't make sense for the company. They tried that last time and it failed. And those resistors are pulling back to 70. What yep. we try and was is engaged to 20, those those champions of change, and have them leverage the 70. And if we could pull that 70 forward and get more people on board, that's powerful. And that becomes to sustain improvements. I mean, when you think another piece of culture is changes need to be there for good. So right. when you make a process improvement, it can't stick for two or three months. It needs to be embedded into the business. And we're very intentional about that. So that takes a lot of you know, additional training, you know, not just the hard skills of continuous improvement, like lean and six sigma, but the soft skills, effective leadership, change management, having difficult conversations with employees, things like that. And those are all the focal points we really try and strive for, for, for culture change. That is so exciting. And I think something really important that you said is starting with a new hire. Like this starts from the beginning, from the moment that you enter the company, I would guess that an employee gets a real sense like, hmm, it's different here. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. a method. And they say that. They're like, oh, you want our input on the first couple of days. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and we say, we'll say, that's perfect because you're not influenced by repetition and bad habits and yes. you're inquisitive and you're just trying to figure the business. So yes, we absolutely encourage it. Um, and it, and we encourage it from our current staff too, right? I mean, I think a big thing when you think about culture is, is bringing people along and showing how they add value to the business. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've adopted a theme here called Measure What Matters, and this is our operational theme this year. And Measure What Matters is about engaging in the front line. So we've been really on a journey of building our culture since 2015. And as we work through the layers of the business, we're now, you know, really uh, getting to that frontline employee and frontline leadership and telling the folks downstairs, you know, how do you know you had a good day? You know, so if 
you know, and you said it, our business is much different. We're not, we're not like a manufacturer where we're taking widgets and putting things together. We're like the opposite where we're bringing in chickens and turkeys and we're, we're breaking them down and putting them on tray. You know, we're taking things apart mm-hmm. and deconstructing as opposed to constructing. So, you know, getting those folks downstairs that do the work every day is critical. I mean, when you talk about one of our uh, goals is to exceed external and internal customers. So not only the worlds of Costco and Loblaws and KFC and all the national banners we support, but also folks like uh, uh, internal customers. Like, how do I do something here that impacts you downstream and so on and so on? So, you know, what we've done here is talked about what's a good day look like to you? And I would say, Allison, what's a good day look like to you on the, the cut-up line? Mm-hmm. And first of all, employees go, hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, when you leave, you said, we had a really good day today on this production line. What does that look like? And they start creating their own KPIs. They'll say, well, right. you know, we had all the right size chickens today, or we didn't have any defects, or we didn't have any machine downtime. And I'd say, oh, those are things we can measure. So they all have their individual dashboards. And we have our goal or shift meetings in the morning. What's the goals for today? And we talk and reflect on what happened yesterday. But the sense of ownership to build a culture by bringing those folks along, along is really helpful. If you feel that you've impacted the business and it's yep. telling the backstory and the why. You know, if you go home and say, you know what? Today, our team reduced 40 kilos of waste on the floor. And that sale then goes out to a good customer. There's a value to that. There's a measurement to that. And then you're, you're feeling a sense of ownership to also maintain these KPIs because you feel a part of it. You've created them yourself yeah. and a sense of ownership to them. And I already know that if all those things are happening on the floor, it's just going to roll up and support the business. Exactly. It's been very powerful. And, and we've seen a really, really big uh, movement on our culture this year for Measure What Matters. You know, um, and I talk about good training, so we have good platforms for them. We use a, a training platform. We have an in-house certification program that we do. We can assign to people, and and there's 900 courses. You could do your black belt, green belt. You could wow. do management. There's leadership. So there's all these skill sets, you know, a full around the full business, those soft skills, hard skills I talked about. Those are the resources that you have to have in-house. And it's very valuable because when you're in a project meeting or a team, you can just pull up a module. Oh, we want to do a process map exercise. Well, we throw up throw up a process mapping module and we just do that. And the win with that is we're applying the skills to the business. It's easy to go away and do a certification and then come back and you lose some of it. So this right. is a great pressure to do it. Or you may have people on the team that came up with the idea and they don't have the training, but they have the ability to take away a module and learn and and understand what we're trying to achieve as a team. So um, huge, huge wins with Measure What Matters theme and, and people picking KPIs, owning KPIs, reporting on KPIs. And at the end of the day, they feel good about that. They feel like they're adding value to the business, to the bigger picture. And that's a much different story at the supper table other than I just packed chicken all day. Exactly. And I can so relate to this in 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 one way because my stepdad was a USDA um meat grader and worked at a giant facility in nebraska and so all of this has like there's a little special place in my heart (laughs) for he would come home and tell stories and whatnot and he was considered like 
you know, one of the more important people there because he had a degree and he was a grading. And I, this just is fantastic because I know a lot of people that work in companies like that, uh, especially down on the floor, don't feel important, right? Like you said, they come home and maybe they go, yeah, I packed chicken today. So you are instilling in them uh, a sense of value. And what a difference when you get to create your own KPI versus uh, your manager tells you, this is what you're going to do. So I like to think about it as um, expectation versus agreement. So if yeah. you have an expectation put on you, nine times out of 10, you're probably gonna fail. But if you make an agreement together, right? And that's what you guys are fostering here. Both people are are doing this. Yes, I commit to doing this thing. It it there's meaning for me, and I feel like I'm there's value, there's skin in the game. And I wondered if you would share with people. I know this has affected your team internally tremendously, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Do customers notice the difference? Absolutely. Anytime I bring customers in, because you know what. I don't see the product before it goes out the door, but I have to manage that customer relationship. So I trust the fact that our frontline workers are putting the best quality product out the door all the time. And when I take customers down through the plant and we do a tour and they say, what about this? I tell them, like we had a retailer that came in and said, this is, this is fantastic chicken. You should be really proud. And I told them, I want you to go tell the people that do the work. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not doing it. But if, if, if you go over as the head buyer for a national brand retailer and tell those folks you're very happy with the quality and the work they're doing, that's going to continue to give you a good product or your door. And that's what he did. And they were just so excited about that. And they came to me later, Troy, that buyer was came over and complimented me on all the work we're doing. I said, well, you should be proud of that. That's because so at the end cool. of the day, those are the people that matter. And it's us, our job as business leaders to connect those dots and let them know why they're doing things. To your point, I could go downstairs and say, I want you to measure downtime, miscuts, and throughput, OEs, banks, and leave. What does uh -huh. that? That's like a tornado. They don't understand why we're doing it. Yeah. They don't understand how it connects to the business. But if I can go down and say, hey, any thoughts on how we can make this line more efficient? What might you do? How might we keep, keep it running? You know, when that line's down, there's a cost to it. Our customers may get impacted or may not. There's a, you know, anytime we don't send chicken out the door, we're, we're losing on our GP. You know, what could you do to help that? That's a much different conversation. And that's a much different engagement level with those folks. But, um, and, and, you know, coming from the floor, I started my 25-year journey on the production floor. And coming from there, you know, I believe that there's a lot of great people down there and we need to tap into that. And I think companies that aren't are just missing the mark. And, and certainly in a, an era coming out of COVID and, and all the staffing challenges that folks have had, yeah. you know, it's even more important. We're very intentional about identifying rising stars. So who are the key? Because to your point, there's so many skilled people downstairs, but how do we tap into that skill? How do we mentor them, coach them, train them, develop them, and get them on the right seat on the bus in the organization? And that's our strategy is, is really focused on internal and developing talent. And, it, and it's working. Well, I love this. Um, it gave me chills when you said the retailer went and complimented everybody. That's just, that's huge. And 
So two, two takeaways for anybody listening today for continuous improvement, to create a culture of continuous improvement, you need clarity and you need accountability. And you also talk about the being in the moment, like not, you know, if you see a piece of chicken on the floor, for example, in your business, pick it up, take care of it, right? You don't wait around. It's things are in the moment. They're happening like this. And I think that's really important. Now, I want to make sure we touch on this very important um, tool that you've created at your company. You created an employee recognition board. I wondered if you could share with everyone listening, why did you do it? And what is, what does it look like? What, what, what does it mean? You know, what's it made up of and how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So Again, when you think of culture, it's 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 our job to inspire people and to continue to do good work, and and we did that through this recognition program. So we do a few different things. We have a we have a board every week with cue cards through all the different plants, and you can recognize people for anything. Hey, Troy, thanks for helping me, you know, take that pallet out, or and it's a lot of peer to peer recognition. So it's been really effective on the shop floor. So our, our frontline employees are recognizing each other for activities where they're, and we're promoting high performing teams. Like we want to, we feel we're better together and if we can work together at all levels. We're going to have more success. So peer to peer recognition from the, the frontline workers working side by side, it creates that team atmosphere. It helps create that energy around working together. And that's a nice little default. It also has the ability for me as a leader in the business or a manager or a supervisor, you know, to to say, hey, you know what? Great job here today. I'm going to write a card. And that's meaningful, right? A lot of recognition doesn't need to be monetary. People just want to be recognized or say thank you. So putting up a thank you card, you know what? Where we miss the most, the, the boat on recognition, I think, is people just don't recognize that they did something right. You know, a lot of people right. just want to say, you didn't even recognize my efforts. So this is a way to do that. It doesn't need to be a, a big fancy bonus or a raise. It just needs to be, hey, you know what? I saw you did, and that's helpful to the business. And then every week, and I'm the first to say, I thought the traction might die off. Our boards have been strong and full for four years. And the one down in stairs in the main employee hallway usually has cards stuck in two slots. So it's got huge traction. And then every week, we recognize and draw out of all those cards, we draw four names. And then we give those folks a gift card or we have an online catalog. Everybody wants to wear the Eden Valley brand. So there's <laughs> different things you can do for recognition. And then we actually, because we had so much traction, we recognized an individual who was recognizing lots of people. That makes sense. So in our service awards every year, we do you know the five and 10 year awards. There was an employee that had over 250 recognition cards wrote in around a year. So we recognize that individual in front of the whole staff. And again, those That's little incredible. moments are just are really key to to just coming to work and feeling good about something. Um, so they've been very successful. And then, you know, part of that program as well is, is you know, we talk about customers and, and the alignment from a continuous improvement aspect on quality. You know, we have really high quality demanding customers. So when you have... You know, we have 350 workers down there that touch in the chicken every day to get it out the door. So having alignment on the spec and the quality 
create some challenges at times because lots of people can have a different opinion. Oh, I wouldn't eat that or I wouldn't do this or what have you. So we developed a program called the Eye for Quality, which was connected to our recognition. And it's a Six Sigma tool where we just we would place a different pieces of product and we would have people, you know, come by and say, is that good or not good? And we did this through all these different streams in the plant. But then what we had was we had what we call a CI box. So for every time you got it right, you'd get a score and we would say, okay, well, that's worth so many CI bucks. And then at the end of the program, and for, for context, we took the agreement rate from 46% on one of our products to 90%. So that was the agreement rate wow. to the standard. So that's huge because arguably I could say before, you know, 56% of our products could have been or could not have been questionably up to spec because the nature of the people um, grading those products. So at a 90%, well, my confidence that the right products go out the door is key. Yeah. So then when they save their CI box, they can go to the catalog and say, hey, I saved. And some people did really well and got up to like $300. So that's fantastic, right? I was going to say, do you give out an Eden Valley car? A Tesla? So they, right. They can buy different things. and <laughs> Right. So, so that whole program has been so, so beneficial here. And again, it's all connected. It's connected to our measure what matters team. And of course, you know, recognizing that and, you know, that might be something that goes on the board. You know, hey, Troy Linehan, nice job identifying, uh, you know, this waste stream on this particular line. And that goes up. So it's, it is really, um, successful to engage and inspire teams, but again, promoting good teamwork and having those folks downstairs working together is is critical to, to us doing the right thing for our customers externally. Wow. Uh, this is just so cool. And for anybody listening, I encourage you to, you know, subscribe to the Manufacturing Masters platform if you're not already, and definitely check out Troy's video where he shows you their um, board, their employee recognition board. And obviously you can imagine not seeing it yet, but anybody can walk by, fill out a card and they just fit it into like a little clear sleeve so that everybody can see. And I love the fact that you guys took it a step further and recognized the recognizer right? The, the person that did 250, that's like, I mean, more than every other day, this person is taking the time to recognize somebody for something. Every Almost every week, they have three or four cards up on the board. And tangible stuff. I mean, not, yeah. you know, real results, but it just shows that they're paying attention. I love so. it. Well, so is there any, I guess I would ask with continuous improvement, do you, what do you feel like has been the most successful thing that you've done? Or do you feel like it's truly a culmination of all of these things? Yeah, I think it's what I always call it the journey. So, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's figuring it out as we go through and, and being, agile and nimble enough to change direction and make things work. So, you know, I think uh, at all levels, I mean, it's it's a blend. I mean, we've had some successful project savings, but it's also about not just the dollars, it's about doing the right thing for staff, right? So there might 
you know, that's our job is to balance projects out. And I think we've done a really good job of that, you know, being efficient and, you know, creating operational efficiencies, but also just doing the right thing for our staff, you know, maybe there's not a big win financially or what have you, but maybe uh, makes your job better, whether that be ergonomically or safety or just because, you know, it was a good idea. So I think that was really key. I think one of the biggest things we're proud of is, is the engagement at all levels. And, you know, we did a 14 week supervisor leadership program and I talk a lot. I love the leadership piece. And I think businesses that are just having a CI department are, are kind of missing the mark. Um, because if you don't arm your teams and process owners with the tools to manage process, then things fall off. And I'm a big on sustaining changes. And then that was one of our gaps, one of our learnings. We were getting all these great projects and we were hand the process over to a process owner, but they didn't actually have the right skills to manage the process. Right. So we had to, we build a program and we do it in house. It's, it's 14 weeks and it's with our frontline leaders and developing leaders. And, and it's a, it's a mix of those soft and hard skills. So we talk about, you know, how do you manage change? Because that's what continues to prove it is. It's change. We're asking people to work differently downstairs and we don't arm those folks the process owners with the tools to deal with the resistors or, you know, to understand the process or how to properly apply the right metrics to manage the process, then we, we have slips. And again, if you want to embed it in your business, then those are critical things. I can't stress enough how strong leadership um, goes part and parcel with, with the continuous improvement culture. Well, and <clears throat> we're getting to the end and we need to wrap up. And I want to bring up an important question. I feel like this has to start at the top. Is that correct? Like it has to come from the top down or the top out, which I like to say, versus I, I don't think this would be possible if you had say someone like you, you're at an upper level and, and you were just solo you know, trying to beat the drum and trying to get this off the ground and trying to get buy-in, has it been critical for everybody at the top to say, yes, we all want this and we're all invested? Absolutely. A hundred percent critical. If you don't have, and fortunately for us, we have that, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, our board of directors and, you know, I report into our president CEO and he is very engaged with continuous improvement in the work. Because you know what? They've seen the wins. I think even companies that really don't, they just don't understand the power of process improvement and continuous improvement. Because if it's applied properly, then every company wins. Now, if I wasn't a good teacher, then maybe that was the problem, right? But I do believe that any company, if you're just if you're pretending to do CI and leaving it on the side and not really engaged at a high level and support it, it's going to fail. There's no doubt about it. Um, I've seen it happen over and over again. So that high level support that people always speak about is critical. Um, and it has to happen. Now, if, you know, I, you have to build trust as leaders. So for my board and, and my, you know, I build the project savings right in the budget. So for us, you can see it in our, you know, yield is important. The more meat we can save and sell, the better, you know, costs are important. Overheads are important. So we can actually show the wins of our projects and improvements in GL lines within our budget process, which is the ultimate metric for people like the president and the board. So, right. so we're very intentional to say, here are the wins. And I think that's critical. 
And but it also builds trust in that level too, because they're not in it every day. So right. it helps create that support. So you have to be, you have to kind of create your own story with it too. Because um, I'll be honest, you know, there's been I've been here since we opened October fifth, twenty twelve. We've had a few different CEOs, and when we first started, this CI culture didn't wasn't here. Um, but I just started it, and I'm very intentional about it. And you know, now here we are. So. Um, God, look at what a difference it's you can made. manage. You can manage up too, right? You, you yeah. have because ideally, if I get everybody involved, the top level is going to come on board because they're they're the only ones sitting out. So right, um, that wasn't a big problem here, but I think you can. To my point, you know, a lot of companies struggle with that middle level, but if you get your front line engaged and measure what matters, and they start driving improvements, and I drive it here, you know, you you get people get on board. Wow. I'll tell you, one of the greatest um, gifts I have is being the host of this podcast because I get to meet people like you and learn so much. You think you know about something, but then you find out, oh my gosh, there's so much more to it. So I want to thank you for spending some time with me and our listeners today and for just really showing up and bringing so much value. You are an impressive person. By the by, and um, I feel very uh, blessed that I got to know you through this platform, and that you said yes to spending some time with us, uh-huh. and and really for sharing all your gifts, you know. So keep making more videos, and if you're not already connected with Troy, I would say reach out on LinkedIn, or reach out through the Manufacturing Masters platform, and connect with him. He is a wealth of ideas and enthusiasm and information. So Troy, thank you very much. You're very welcome. It was a lot of fun. My first podcast. So there we go. Yay. Thanks for having me, Allison. It was great. And and to echo your comments. Yeah, I'm here to support the industry and best practice. So if you're local or if you're not and you want to connect, that'd be great. And I'm happy to share what we do here. So there's nothing like coming through the plant and seeing for yourself what we do. So um, absolutely. Here are any of those best practices. So if you're ever up in Canada and remind people what part you're in. We're in Nova Scotia. So oh, Nova part- Scotia. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful Nova Scotia. I've never been. So now I want to go even more. And we I'm got out. come tour the plant. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're not already subscribed, please make sure that you do that. And if you find value in this, please leave um a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It lets other people know that this is worth tuning into. So thank you, everybody. And keep manufacturing out loud. What you're doing is very important and we need you. So until next If you're not already, subscribe to the Manufacturing Masters Podcast on Apple Music or Spotify. And for a deeper dive, head on over to manufacturing-masters.com. It's everything they never taught you in school.